I just rubbed out a hooker, and uh, I'm looking at the sick and wrong podcast.com page. Who are those homos you've got on the top of the page here by the Empire Massage? Like, they wouldn't do anything but massage each other. Fucking faggot. This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, E. Simon. Wackerly here on the other side of the studio. What's up there, Wackman? Nothing. <laughs> How's the. Uh, Got my weekend? haircut today. Yeah, I, know, I noticed you're looking quite spiffy today. Yeah, it was getting ridiculous. It was getting to the point where I couldn't show my face at work. <laughs> did, did, you go to, did you go to Supercuts to uh, craft that yes. quaff? Yeah, <laughs> and actually, I almost forgot. A tranny cut my hair, an Asian tranny. How did you know she was a tranny? I thought, you, uh, I thought it was difficult at to it? tell. <laughs> but, but you know, sometimes with the Asians, I've heard it's kind of difficult to tell. You this just knew right off one. the bat. This is a big one. And he had like, just like, I don't know, like a centimeter thick of like foundation on his face. Did you have to reason. adjust your pants at all? No, because they put that big cover over <laughs> it. You can just beat off underneath the, uh, what do they call that? The apron? The tarp? It's not really, an, yeah, it's like a tarp. You know, I don't think I've ever, I've had like, um, you know, just some fresh off the boat Asian ladies. Oh, that's what I always do. I mean, that's the uh, normal thing. But you're putting your, the fate of your, uh, you know, attractiveness in their hands. No, they're good. They're not good. I have no concern. (laughs) All they know how to do is. Look at this head. Look at it. (laughs) Once again, they're not good. (laughs) All I have to say is all they know how to do is buzz your hair with like a three or four or five. Yeah, they use the scissors on me this time. Usually I just tell them to buzz it because I'm trying to get in. Uh, but I will always remember uh, it was one Halloween and I was talking to you and your girlfriend at the time or now. It's hard to tell sometimes. And uh, yeah, they come and go. You and, you and P-Town were talking about like uh, where you get your, got your hair cut and then it cost you like 50 bucks or whatever and you tipped this much or whatever. You were just talking about money, but somehow that came up and I was like, I get my hair cut for $12 and your girlfriend turns to me and goes, we know. <laughs> yeah, um, Humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> Although there's something to be said for a $12 haircut. Hair yeah. grows back. Exactly. It grows back in like three weeks. For me, it grows extremely quickly. I don't know. They, they cut off like two pounds of hair. I'm just too vain to get a supercuts. Well, it's, near, it's, it's near, just the way to it's it. near my So what office. would you have done if, uh, you know, the tranny uh, hairstylist was cutting your hair and then just decided to shave in, like, you know, ho-daddy in the back of your head and was like, April Fool? Well, that's the other thing with me is I would just go home and shave the rest of it off. I'd so be more concerned be if the if tranny was cutting my hair and I felt something, like, hit me in the back. <laughs> the back. What the fuck? April Fool. <laughs> April Fool, my tranny dick. So we hit you in back. Extra charge. <laughs> Today is April Fool's Day. Did anyone in your office try any um, pranks on you? No pranks. You know, there is there's this girl from Texas who's kind of a firebrand. I was expecting her to do something, but no, nothing happened. Like, whip out her tits. Like, that would have been nice, April but Fool. no, no, like, you know, I don't know, fake that she got fired or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, not, no, I'm not a prankster, so I can't ever come up with a good prank. You know, there are no hijinks in my office either, but 
I was thinking, what you know, what what is the worst prank that you've ever done or have have had done on you? You you know, I know you. I've known you for a long time. You you're just you don't strike me as the prankster type. No, I'm but more the type that strike, gets pranked. Yeah, you, pulled on me. I think I think I've pulled a few over the years, but I just wonder, do you have one in particular, one singular incident that just you know you rue the day it happened? Hmm. It, I feel you like know, your sister gets me all the time, but. They're not really pranks. They're yeah, more just her being a diarrhea. fucking. They're more <laughs> just her being a bitch. Yeah. If you get a balloon full of diarrhea thrown at you, is that really a prank? Or Dude, just when something? you're passed out and sprayed down with a garden hose, that's not really yeah. a prank. I'm, which which I, the balloon didn't happen, but that second part did, really did happen. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite <laughs> memorable, and I will get her back one of these. But days. a prank requires forethought, and I think it also requires like a malicious intent. Well, she had, she has the malicious intent, but not the forethought. That's her. Thing. Yeah. Or, or vice versa. I mean, I'm not quite sure. But, um, you know, I was thinking about it. Like, I've, you know, I've had a few pranks pulled on me over the years. Well-deserved, may I say. But I remember one in particular in high school. I'm just going to kind of gloss over it. This guy was really pissed off at me. I had pulled this pretty funny prank. You know how, like, in high school when you know someone's parents are going to be away for the weekend? And, I mean, we both grew up in small towns. Yeah. So that was your House only party. expectation of a party. That yeah. was the only I, thing. I was never invited. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, think about it. In the small towns, if, if there's a house party, you have somewhere to go and drink beer. If not, you're driving around drinking beer. Maybe yes. finding a chick or, or, or something. Or drinking in like a culvert. Yeah, a cul-de-sac. <laughs> or like or no, in a, cu- no, a, a culvert in the woods. <laughs> like, no, like where water is like draining out of some fucking sewer. I don't we know where you used drank to do in, uh, It's dangerous there, because if there's like flash flooding, then you can like die. Well, we used to go like in, in the in the woods. There used to be these like uh, flash parties that would come on, like uh, spontaneous parties. That you right, just they found didn't out call them hours. flash parties back no. then. It was just <laughs> drinking in the woods. But yeah, so um, you know, he said that his uh, his girlfriend, who was a total bitch, was going out of town. Her parents were going out of town. He's like big party, telling everybody since like Tuesday. So you know, Friday comes around, everyone's looking forward to it, and he's like, "Yeah, no party. Sorry, it's all off. We're just gonna you know have a romantic weekend, just kind of hang out." She's kind of freaked out about it. And we're like, no, there's going to be a party. Well, I actually, before before you go on, I can actually kind of understand that because people used would like trash these houses. Yeah, but dude, it wasn't his house. It was his like shitty girlfriend's house. Yeah, but I'm saying I can see why she called it off. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know. Like, I, I mean, I saw people throw other people through drywall. Put their um, animals in a microwave. Yeah, just rip shit off, obviously. But Or like, people you know, no respect. dump paint all over the, you know, and throw food all over the kitchen. I only did that once, and your mom wasn't that upset. <laughs> right. No, I would never have one of these parties. I was too... You know, I, I had a couple, and yeah, I, I that what got happened? a little bit of trouble. No, yeah. someone, like... Uh, the fire started in the kitchen. The wallpaper burned down. I had to pay a lot of <laughs> oh, money. Oh, that's that's just yeah. that. Okay. So anyway, what happened? To make a long story short, we decided to have a party anyway. I called up a bunch of classified ads, and uh, you know, I was telling all these people, you know, that, that were selling Camaros and RVs. I was like, just come on over. Yeah, you know, I'll pay you an extra two thousand dollars if you deliver the truck yourself. To the you know, party. Well the, well, the party that was canceled. In, in the actuality. party that was canceled. I was basically just sending people to his house. I sent some guy over there with a drum set. And, you know, some of the people I'd actually insulted first. Like, I remember <laughs> some Hessians I'd call up and say, yeah, you're, you're Trans Am's a piece of shit. You know, nice Whoa. fucking mullet. Fighting words. You know, nice pubic mustache. The guy's like, fuck you, I'll kick your ass. You know, why don't you come over here? It's 1255 Crescent Avenue. You know, I was like giving addresses out. We made, we made flyers. We like flyered the uh, Kmart truck stops i think there's one gay bar in town or gay bookstore that we put a bunch of flyers in so needless to say a lot of unwanted guests 
arrived for this romantic right. weekend. Dude well, was really upset about it. And he did get me back. He got me back pretty good. And it was like probably a year later. Because I think a revenge, revenge is a dish best served cold. And yeah. so I wasn't just expecting come up with that. <laughs> no, I mean, the, <laughs> as, the, as the adage, you know, says, it's, it is. It's best to hold, you know, people, their first instinct is, oh, I'm going to get you back. Just wait, give it a couple years and then get them back. That's true. And, and so that's what this dude did. He like gave it about a year and like it was a year later. We're all drunk. It was during the summer and uh, we're driving around and uh, he, a couple of friends, he was like, dude, I dare you to streak the Red Lion. And the Red Lion was a shitty restaurant downtown Bay City. Sounds like a place City. where all people eat. Yeah, it's like citizens. they serve Coney Islands. It's kind of like a Bob Evans, yeah, sort of. old people. Old people. And so there was a front entrance and a back entrance, or a back exit, so it was an easy one just to streak right through. So I'm like, all right. You know, got naked in the car, left all my clothes in the car, get out, and uh, they kind of, they, everyone's laughing. I, mean, we were, I was so high and drunk. I didn't even really think, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't even carrying my underwear. I open up the door, bust through the restaurant in like 20 seconds, run out, grab the handle, the, the handle of the car to open up the door, and they just took off. <laughs> and I, at first I was like, oh, come on, guys, you guys are assholes, and I'm running up the street naked, and then they just took off. The car's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and I'm just like, I'm naked. Now, this was your car? Yeah, no, it was my mom's car. My mom's Chrysler <laughs> LeBaron. So, yeah, I ended up, um, and they never came back. Like, at first I was hiding behind a dumpster waiting for them to come back. They never came back. So I just pretty much took a magazine, like on either end, and just kind of like ran through people's lawns about wow. three miles back to my house. It's very Benny Hill of you. It, it sucked, basically. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. And The uh, thing yeah. is, in the Midwest, you can go behind a dumpster naked and, and there's not going to be like 12 crackheads back there. You can't really hide behind dumpsters. No, I don't even know what you do here. Yeah, but you don't want to be a naked man running through the streets of San Francisco. No, you don't. But needless to say, that... That was the Plus best there's prank. there's no red lion. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that was the best prank I think that was ever pulled on me. I was really pissed off. In fact, I'm actually a little angry about it now. Now, did he specifically say this is for that party thing? Because, I mean, I can see being ang- two years later being angry at you about a lot of shit. Oh, no. When I spoke to him later, he was just like, yeah, you know, he called, he brought up this incident, recalled this yeah. incident, and was like, yeah, gotcha. Paybacks are a bitch. And it's just like, okay, you know, I deserve that. And I, I had done countless other things to him, too. But, you know, in this day and age, I think it's a lot easier to pull a prank. I mean, I had to make flyers at my, at the, my dad's synagogue and use the copy machine over yeah, there. Yeah, you probably didn't even have a computer. Dude, home, now right? it's like with MySpace and Craigslist. I mean, yeah. you could do so much. Yeah, you could ruin somebody's life. You could <laughs> totally ruin effort. somebody's life. I mean, it, it's, it's not even that difficult. So, I mean, the, the, the world of prankdom is like uh, wide and open for you. But, you know, it is April Fool's Day, and I, I know this is, there's been years of pranks that have gone on that are, that are monumental and that people bring up every year. But I was thinking about it. There's only one prank in particular that I think is the ultimate hoax of all time. There's one prank that a makes pro, all other pranks. It's a real prank, but you're saying it's a hoax-type prank. Hoax-type prank. Okay. Yeah, it was, it's a prank. A prank kind of is an umbrella g- category, and hoaxes and... You know, uh, prank phone calls and scams. It's all kind of not flim, flam, scams, scams flim, flams, flams, harem, scarum. <laughs> it all kind of fits under that umbrella. <laughs> but uh, I guess this is more of a hoax. But it's a, but it was a prank call scam that was going on like a few years ago. And it, so, as a matter of fact, it's the five year an- anniversary of uh, said incident. I think you, I've heard of other people doing this since then too, like copycat hoaxers. Yeah. Well, this is a stri- the strip search prank call scam. 
You might recall this. Five years ago, it happened. And, it, you know, there was a rash of these prank calls to restaurants, grocery stores, fast food chains. And, uh, in the these, South, right? In the South. But it was all over the U.S. I mean, they were in, you know, in the uh, Pacific Northwest, the South, in the Midwest. But basically, the caller was calling impersonating a police officer, a person of authority, and uh, was convincing managers to conduct strip searches of female employees or perform other unusual acts on behalf of the police. And they think this was one guy? Or was it a bunch of different people? It started out as uh, one guy. They actually found out. They traced uh, you know, several like uh, hundred phone calls that this guy had made from his own phone. Uh, where, but then there's all these like uh, you know copycat crimes that occurred afterwards. <laughs> okay, and uh, most of the calls are usually placed at fast food restaurants in uh, small rural towns, and um, so so yeah, I mean there there are a couple like in '92. There's one uh, in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, where a McDonald's manager was called and was convinced to undress before a customer when the caller persuaded her that the customer was a suspected sex offender. And that her serving as bait would permit undercover officers to arrest him when he showed an interest in her. <laughs> so basically, this manager at the McDonald's just kind of got naked in front of uh, just some random customer. Uh-huh. Um, in uh, March 2004... So did the customer run away, or we don't know? I would have just, just smiled like, and pulled out shit, a dollar girl. bill. <laughs> <laughs> Is this on the dollar menu? Fuck! You could get in trouble for that. You're just going to be sitting there like, wow, you know, this, this happy meal is a really happy meal. <laughs> I'm happy now. But in uh, March 2004, a 17-year-old female customer at a Taco Bell uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, was strip-searched by a manager who received a call from a man claiming to be a police officer. Not a customer and employee is what you mean, right? Yeah, this was just an, this was a customer that was strip-searched. So how did she get on the phone? So, uh, the, well, uh, I just let you tell the story. <laughs> well, so what, what happened in this incident is the, the pranker called the Taco Bell and claimed that this, this girl, this customer, had drugs inside of her. Uh-huh. And basically convince this woman Interrectum. to use her authority to uh, strip search her. Well, if which... you're eating Taco Bell, you're not going to keep them in there very long. <laughs> <laughs> it just amazes me that uh, these... I, mean, I can understand an employee... I, can... I can see the drug mules showing up to the drug dealer's house. All right, I'm ready to get on the plane. Just had a couple beef burritos. <laughs> get them up there. Dios mio. <laughs> but I mean, dude, think about it. I can somewhat understand... The thought process of like, you know, a, an employee whose manager, you're, you know, you're like 16 years old and your manager's telling you to, to do something. It's like that, that's, you kind of see them as an authority figure. But if you're a customer at a Taco yeah. Bell Weird. and the, the Taco Bell manager is coming out saying, you got to follow me, we got to do a strip search, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so this leads me to the creme de la creme. Of hoaxes, the ultimate hoax, the ultimate prank call of all time, which occurred in Mount Washington, Kentucky, on uh, April 9th, two thousand four, almost five years ago to uh, this date. That's kind of why I'm bringing it up. It's the anniversary of the ultimate hoax. Yeah, according to Assistant Manager Donna Summers, a caller ide- really? identifying she's falling on hard times. <laughs> <laughs> the Doesn't she get the royalties McDonald's. from those songs? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but dude, who listens to those 70s songs anymore? Gay dudes in the disco. Know. You'd think Michael Jackson would kick her down some money. Or that, that was Diana Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting right. my divas mixed up. Uh, the caller identified himself as a policeman, Officer Scott. He described a female employee that he suspected of stealing a purse. After the caller demanded that the employee be searched at the store or taken to jail... Uh, the employee was brought into an office and ordered to remove all of her clothing, which then Donna Summers took to her car. 
Another assistant manager was present at this time. After an hour, Summers told the caller that she was required at the counter. So the caller convinced her to bring in her fiancé, a security guard by the name of Walter Nix. The McDonald's as a security guard? No, this is her fiancé. He just happened to be there? She called him. Oh. And the the only reason I know this, and we're going to have to post the YouTube video, there was a whole Nightline interview with Donna Summers and the girl... um, uh, I remember who, that, yeah. Yeah, there's a, the girl who actually had this uh, uh, happen to her, the victim. And, dude, this, this interview is insane. It, it's funny because you're like, you watch it, you're like, I just can't believe that these people, you know, were taken, I mean, to this level. Yeah. And so they went they, along with it. And, and just went along with it. I mean, to the point where this girl's naked doing jumping jacks for this I guess man. it's easy to overestimate, overestimate, people's ability just to tell other people to fuck off. Like, I think a lot of people just can't do it. But I mean, First of all, the manager couldn't tell the dude on the phone to fuck off. Like, if you're a fucking cop, you come down here and fucking strip search her, you know? It's, it's not my fucking job, exactly. asshole. And then the girl, yeah, the employee, should have been like, no, I'm not taking my fucking clothes off for you, manager Donna Summer. But I think it almost makes more sense on the, on the employee's... In the, like, in the employee's defense, she was like, what, 17? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's easier to abuse your authority with someone like that. But this manager is, like, old enough to know better. She's like some 45-year-old woman. Yeah, I'm going to teach my kids whatever, if I ever have any. That's going to be one of the first things is to tell people to fuck off. Like, if you <laughs> you can tell people to fuck off if you think they're wrong. And, you know, if you get suspended from school, so be it. But uh, if you really think they should fuck off, tell them to fuck off. Well, it's kind of amazing. I guess what impresses me the most about this call is the fact that this guy managed to keep this ruse going for two hours. See? So when Walter Nix arrived, he took over from Summers, who had to uh, get onto her McDonald's managing duties. Yeah, it's uh, a tough fo- job. He followed the caller's directions for the next two hours. He removed the apron the employee had covered herself with, ordered her to dance, and perform jumping jacks. Well, now in this guy's defense, <laughs> <laughs> he's not saying fuck off. He's saying fuck yeah. Sweet. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Don't tell her to dance. Fuck yeah, I will. He also ordered her to sit on his lap, kiss him, and when he, she refused to do this... He slapped her naked buttocks for 10 minutes. Man, I would have blown my load already. Oh, dude, I would have blown my <laughs> load. Like, like, then I would have been, the been like, fuck off. fuck off, I'm out of here. <laughs> the caller also spoke to the employee demanding that she do as she was told. During this time, the employee said that she was scared for her life. Um, after she Why? Had, yeah, you know, <laughs> They're going to like jam her head in the fry machine? I, mean, I think she's just scared of this man. I mean, it, she was definitely intimidated by... Maybe by his size, I'm not sure. Maybe the police officer, she was naked, yeah. wearing an apron. It's like the fight or flight or like present your ass routine, you know? <laughs> like they, never, well, they never add that third one in, but that is. Like, don't monkeys do that when they get scared? You either fight, you run away, or you like present your sexual organs to like the bigger ape. What monkeys do that? I've heard this. I've never heard of a monkey doing that. I've heard that. of this. <laughs> the monkeys this that is live just in your like dreams. that rabbit baby shit from last week. I'm going to po- find it and put a link and prove you wrong. Find me your prostitute monkeys. I've never heard of this. <laughs> that just kind of like It's say, a third fear response that's a little disgust. <laughs> well, actually, I think this is your third fear response. So you're trying to rationalize onto uh, human beings. Yeah. Maybe. You're I'm probably sure. right. But so after the employee had been in the office for two and a half hours, she was ordered to perform oral sex on Nick's, and he obviously obliged, being that he was being told to have this 17-year-old girl right. suck his dick by the police. Sorry, man. Your Honor, but I, I could not tell that guy on the phone to fuck off. <laughs> I've always had this problem. You know, it's a 17-year-old girl asks 
If she can give me a blowjob, I just had to say yes. <laughs> the dude on the phone was telling me to. You, you understand? <laughs> Not my fault. I, I didn't want it. But um, what's funny about it is if you watch the ABC special on it, the video, I mean, because there's full surveillance footage of the entire two and a half hour ordeal. Yeah, they're right in front of the security camera. Yeah, it's kind of like a crane shot kind of thing going yeah, on there. Nice cinematography on that. But uh, the, uh, the, in, in the video that was playing on Nightline, all the goodies were pixelated. Mm-hmm. But I found a video recently circulating on the web from efuck.com, one of my favorite websites, yeah. dot com, which has the uncensored video. And uh, dude... I don't know, man. 18-year-old girl doing naked jumping jacks. Shaved? No, she had a bush. All right, I like it's the rural bush. Kentucky. I don't know. <laughs> like, like they haven't figured out waxing in rural Kentucky. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All those, there's so 18. many of them are strippers down there. Yeah, actually. The truck stop. surprised she wasn't waxed. But you could just see this smile. It's kind of like with each order, like directed <laughs> that Walter Nix was getting on the phone. He's just kind of like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to comply. Well, I remember thinking, and maybe it was even like in the news report, like he, you know, the dude, the Walter Nix, the security guard guy, was suspected of like being in on it with the guy, just because it seems like so obvious. Yeah, that's has what he been I, exonerated? No, actually, he ended up. Uh, well, I was going to get to that in a second. He ended oh. up pleading guilty and uh, ended up doing five years, even after. Um, right, Nix- but because because he did it, or because he was in on it with the caller. That's the no, question. he wasn't in on it with okay. the caller. He confessed to doing it because he felt uh, he felt guilty. He even said right after um, he was he was told Plus he could he was leave. On camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way he can argue with it. After he was told he could leave, he called a friend and said, "I've done something terribly bad." And yeah, I mean, it's like the world saw it. The entire incident was captured on a surveillance camera, and uh, the judge obviously saw the evidence. There's no arguing with it. Yeah. So uh, what ended up happening would would find. But, but to recap, <laughs> she's 18, right? She was 18 at the time. Your fiance calls you to come into her job where she works at McDonald's. She puts you in a room with a half naked chick who just has an apron on. Yeah. She says, sit here on the phone listening to this cop. Do what he tells you. The uh, most amazing prank call of all time. And I gotta, I'm going to go do my fucking job. Like, what's in his interest to be like, this is wrong? And then she starts, you know, stripping for you. The dude, dude's telling you to make her strip for you. And then she's giving you a blowjob. Why, why was he given five years? Because it's rape? Yeah, no, it was rape. Because, I mean, she was crying while she was doing this. Strippers I mean, cry. <laughs> don't they? I don't know. I guess the cry. Yeah, so she was unwilling. Okay, I got they it. Had I a, got it. I got my moral compass back. Donna Summers had an assistant manager come in and stay, like some guy who was only like probably 20, come in the room, and she was naked, and he was like, no, I'm not dealing with this. this, no, this is... He was probably some fucking holy rolling Christian idiot. Yeah, but he didn't, call the, he didn't call the cops. I'm he didn't call the police. Yeah. <laughs> well, what would you have done, Wacker, if, if uh, you know... Your fiance was like, uh, "Can you watch after this naked eighteen-year-old?" I didn't know she was crying. I thought she was just kind of like she was crying going the through entire the motions. Time. And okay, yeah, no, I would, I would not do that. I would have told the guy to fuck off. I would have been like, "You're not a fucking cop." I would have been want, like, you know, "Why don't you come over thing. here and strip search the girl?" Yeah, I mean, and then I'll I would have called the police. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go behind that double um, glass uh, mirror over there and just kind of watch with the, everybody in the McDonald's. Vaseline. At, everybody in the McDonald's at this point is an idiot. I mean, it, not an idiot in the sense of well, they're obviously idiots, but has like a very low IQ. Well, everyone except for Thomas Sims, the store maintenance man. 
Um, he came in and uh, Summers asked uh, Thomas to uh, sit with the girl after Nix was uh, told to leave. Uh, the caller immediately spoke to Sims and uh, said that, um, you know, once again, trying to start up the shtick, saying, you know, we, you know, we suspect her of stealing this purse. We need you to strip her naked. We need you to, like, uh, do a strip search. And they had her bend down in heat. Immediately, you know, kind of sensed something was up. And uh, he asked, uh, he asked, like, you know, what precinct are you with? And um, he basically discovered that the call was a hoax. And the the caller then quickly hung up once he felt that they were on to him. And a quick thinking employee dialed star sixty nine, and uh, they ended up getting his the caller's phone number. Wow! So he wasn't a very, I mean, for being a prank caller who could carry on a ruse for two hours, he wasn't very intelligent. Yeah, you had to do it you at somebody from else's a pay house phone or, or from pay someone phone else's home. Or have just one of those phones with your number blocks. Yeah, or unlisted or something. So at this point, Summers realized that this whole ordeal had been a hoax. She was hysterical. She was apologizing. She released the employee who by this time was shivering and wrapped in an emergency blanket. After three and a half hours of false arrest, they called the real police um, who arrested Nix for sexual assault and began an investigation to find the caller. I guess after um, a year-long investigation, they eventually did find uh, David Stewart, a 37-year-old employee of Corrections Corporation of America, a private commercial film uh, contracted by the state of Florida to provide corrections officers. And uh, apparently, he had purchased calling cards. They tracked a calling card to him, and he had purchased (laughs) calling cards, made over 300 of these phone calls. He thought the calling card was going to block his identity? Yeah, I don't think this guy, uh, I mean, he was a, a rent-a-cop, basically. Doesn't he have enough people to fuck with in the prisons? Yeah, you'd think <laughs> so. All these captive people you could just abuse all day long. But believe it or not, through a lengthy trial, they, they found out that ultimately they had to acquit him of all charges because they didn't have enough evidence. Hmm. But, um, you know, as fate would have it, as soon as he was uh, released, uh, he was unemployed, struggling financially, his wife filed for divorce, sought custody of their children, and she received the deed to their mobile home. So he was broke, homeless, and uh, yeah. You don't really own the, the land under the mobile home. It's just a, <laughs> I don't know. If it's, is it a deed? I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donna Summers ended her, ended her relationship with Walter Nix soon after the incident. Apparently, she couldn't get over the fact that she let her uh, fiancé get oral sex from an 18-year-old girl. Yeah. Plus, to be fair, he was like, I just got a blowjob from an 18-year-old. I don't think I can go back to you. Yeah, I'm just not into <laughs> it anymore. Uh, Nix was remorseful for his part in the crime. He pled guilty to sex abuse. And, uh, yeah, he was given a five-year sentence with a minimum of two years in prison. Uh, Summers, the uh, manager here, entered an Alford plea to a charge of unlawful imprisonment, a misdemeanor, and received one year of probation. What the fuck is an Alfred plea? You know, I didn't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite sure, but I think I'm going to remember that. Alfred, Alfred plea. It sounds like if you get one year of probation, it, it sounds like um, you know it might work out. So uh, the the girl here, Lucy uh, Louise Ogborn, I ended up suing McDonald's for two hundred million dollars for failing to protect her during the ordeal, uh, even though McDonald's was aware of the danger and possibility of the hoax. Apparently, several other McDonald's yeah, throughout the country they didn't put out the called. warning bulletin. Uh, the manager also sued McDonald's for failing to warn her of previous hoaxes, asking for $50 million. Wow. She ended up getting nothing, but uh, Louise Ogborn... $50 million cheeseburger served. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> Louise Ogborn, uh, 21, was awarded $5 million um, in punitive damages and just over $1.1 million in compensatory damages 
following a four-week trial and about 13 hours of jury deliberation. So what is that? All? She's like $4 million or something? $6 yeah. million. $6 million for sucking an old man's cock. She's got to be in the prostitute hall of fame. Dude, I mean, think about that. Yeah, but she wasn't even, she wasn't even a prostitute. <laughs> she got paid $6 million for a blowjob. She got paid $6 million to get spanked, parade around naked, do a couple jumping jacks, do some calisthenics, and then uh, give an old man a blowjob. Yeah, plus she's probably on the clock the whole time. You know, I, I'm at a loss to, 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 you know, to find any girl that I know that wouldn't do that. I, pretty much I every, would do even, that. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't suck some guy off for $6 million. You know, I'd like to say I wouldn't. But uh, you could <laughs> buy, you would. but dude, you could buy a lot of mouthwash for six million dollars. You could, you could buy hip, a hypnotist to come and b- scour the memory out of your brain, dude. I would buy the best weed that you could possibly <laughs> smoke, oh. and I wouldn't even remember that anymore. <laughs> I don't know, but this took a few years. Uh, apparently, uh, Luis Ogburn plans to use some of the money to attend law school. <laughs> why? <laughs> six million dollars. Six million dollars. Why don't you go have fun? But that is the ultimate. The ultimate prank call of yeah. all time. I would have think to about say, it. I have to agree. I mean, there was the lady who put the thumb in her chili. I guess that was somewhat... That was more of a scam. That was more hoax. of a scam. But I mean, dude, this prank call kept three people, duped three people, kept them on the phone for two and a half hours, got a guy a blowjob. Now, is the is the the guy, the caller, is he like, is he yanking his crank the whole time or is he just laughing his ass off? You know, I think there's some kind of psychological... He can't, he can't see anything. I think there's some kind of psychological fulfillment that was occurring. But how did he know, you know, what was going on? He was just kind of... I don't know. I mean, that, that's what I wonder. Like, it, it, that's what amazes me by, by his uh, prowess. It's very strange. Caller. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. It, it definitely uh, shows you what you can do by impersonating a police officer. So, people, there you go. The world of pranks are wide open to you. April Fool's Day. Go have some fun. People, this is episode 168 here of Sick and Wrong. A quick recap of last week's show. Wackerly, you did a story about a prodigious Oakland cop killer. I did a story about those, ooh, scary Thai pirates. And uh, a <laughs> listener sent in a story about a bestiality girl. Uh, Matt, you know, as, as you probably could have guessed, the bestiality story came in first place with 134 votes. You came in second with 88, and I came in a distant third with uh, 54 votes. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, Jason, you won episode 167 of uh, Sick and Wrong, Mazel Tov. Um, you know what? One of our listeners actually wrote in and, and pretty much summed it up succinctly here. Anti Christos wrote in, fuck pirates, fuck the police, but don't fuck dogs. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> which I, I couldn't agree with more uh, people you know the way sick and wrong works Wackerly and I scour the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week we present them here on the show audience votes and uh, winner gets a case of beer uh, we throw in a wild card with a listener submission which you can send to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com or submit directly through the forum Wackerly to change it up we received three really good listener submissions this week in fact at least 30 listeners send in the same story. So I kind of felt, let's just put the listeners like head to head in kind of a death match here for Make sick and wrong. Make them strip for each other and give each other blowjobs. That was let's kind of my that. plan. I was going to yeah. abuse my authority as a host of sick and wrong, but um, yeah, that's uh, kind of my plan here. The podcast host told me to do it. <laughs> I couldn't stop. 
I couldn't argue with him. He's so persuasive. Uh, My so mama yeah. never told me how to tell somebody to fuck off. We're going to take uh, three listener submissions this week, and uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, audience can vote. Stick around podcast.com, and you can decide who won episode 168. Well, I believe uh, I started last week, so why don't you kick off uh, 168 with your listener story? I've seen photos of this listener, so I'm going to have to do <laughs> a characterization. A characterization? Hey, Dean Lance. I've been listening to the show for a while now, but never felt compelled to submit a sick and wrong news story until now. Hopefully, this one is deserving of a mention, since it involves cannibalism, children, and of course, those crazy Russians. Enjoy! Tenderoni. So Wackerly, uh, is, is, is Tenderoni also the character that played Sil- or Buffalo Bill in Because that, no. that really just creeped me out. I'm a little, she's like, uh, a little a hot, taken aback here. She's a hot tattooed chick who I think is also a tattoo artist who posted a bunch of uh, you know glamour shots of her tattoos on the forum. On the forum. You know, actually, I, I, uh, we were just looking at that earlier today. That was and, my uh, sexy voice. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. Never do, never do that again. <laughs> But, um, you know, she has some interesting tattoos. It's like she takes some horrific images like uh, skulls or, you know, images uh, traditionally associated with death and puts little cute bears and bunnies in them. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's an interesting take. I kind of like it. Okay. So uh, this is Tenderoni's story here. Like she said, it's from Russia. So I'm going to butcher every name in here. Olesia Mostovchishkova. Just call them all Olga. Doesn't even matter. They're all Olga. named Olga. Olesia. I think I can get her first name. Olesia. Uh, she told police that during a drinking session, and are there any other kinds of sessions in Russia? Vodka, I'm sure. Yeah, especially, I should point out, this is in, like, Siberia, and uh, there, there's no backwater, like a Russian backwater. <laughs> so, wait, this is Siberia? It's in Siberia. I mean, Siberia is a huge area. People, it's not, there's like the prisons that are in Siberia, but Siberia itself is like a big open area. It's like saying, you know, the Rocky Mountain states or something. So, okay. So it's the middle of nowhere. But what do you do there? There's other nothing than drink. To, there's nothing to do. It's the, it's, you know, the sticks. Okay. So she lived in some rural Siberian town. Yeah. yeah. So they're just drinking and then, you know, they're kind of like slower people out there. And dude, when Russians drink, think about how much vodka these women must imbibe. Tons. Cause they don't have a lot of food, right? You know, it's like uh, kind of a uh, food shortages over there all the time. Dude, it's like an Australian, like a Foster's beer factory. It's <laughs> like, you know, I mean, just pure, pure vodka. Yeah. Uh, well, they were having a vodka drinking session and she quarreled with a friend at her house in Irkutsk. Then grabbed an ex and murdered her. Uh, you know, pretty basic drunken rage story, right? Um, the police investigator, Oleg Lobach, he said that the suspect hit the victim numerous times on her head and body. When the victim died... What did she hit her with? A bottle of vodka? Oh, no, she took axe. an axe yeah. and just axed her up. Okay. Yeah, Olesia took an axe. When the victim Russian style. <laughs> Russian style with an axe. Hatchet style. Lumberjack style. When the victim died, the suspect cut her body into pieces and even ate some body parts. Raw? Um, they make it seem like that, but let me get to it because uh, later on they don't make it seem like that. Because then I'd think it was like a, you know, cannibalism and passion. Yeah, well, 
you think it was just the, those two also? Well, actually, there's a third friend there and uh, Alessia's seven-year-old kid. Um, <laughs> Alessia completely confessed calmly, it says. She says, I took the axe and hit her a number of times on her head. Then I cut off her ears, gouged out one eye, cut off an arm and a hand. I took the hand, arm, and eye and cooked these body parts in the oven. Okay, so so what were the other members of the party doing at this point? Not running running through helping the door her, screaming? Helping her. The, even the seven-year-old? I think he was just catatonic, it seems like, because they don't mention him doing anything. But, you know, this isn't the first fucked up thing he's seen. And you with wonder these how Russian serial killers are made. He was probably drunk, too. It doesn't take a lot of vodka to make a, a seven-year-old just completely catatonic. Isn't that the legal drinking age at seven? Yeah. I think. It was yeah. his seventh birthday. They were just getting loaded. <laughs> They're going to take it then to you a strip club later. <laughs> yeah. Um... A brothel. The friend's name was Julia, um, the, and she helped her hide the 32-year-old Tatiana Romanchuk's body in the cellar. Well, what the parts that they didn't eat of the Siberian home. Sometime later, Julia says, she went down to the cellar again because... Oh, sorry. This is Olesia. Sometime after they put the body down there, she went back down to the cellar because Julia said that she was hungry and wanted to eat some more. <laughs> wait wait this is her friend that was hanging out this is the friend yeah i mean when you drink a lot you get the munchies sometimes if you're not puking i got you know i've there's been you know many occasions where i've been like you know at the bar get kind of hungry and i'll go get a slice of pizza but have I've you been, ever been hungry enough to eat that shit that like the korean bar owners put out like crickets and tiny fried shrimps and no you should go get a slice of pizza but <laughs> what i was saying is i don't think i've ever had the, the inclination been like you know what I'm going to go eat that human arm. Well, all it says is that Julia said she was hungry and wanted to eat some more. So maybe she was thinking like, hey, call Domino's Pizza. <laughs> um, you know, that sort of thing. And then <laughs> the, then Alessia came up with the, you know, like an extra finger or two to like fry up. And she's just like, and ah, she's like well, I am pretty hungry. Yeah. You know, let's have Russian fingers. Uh, but actually, Julia says uh, she told the officers that she felt compelled to eat uh, to ask for the meat because uh, Alessia had threatened to kill her and eat her too. <laughs> so, Do you buy that? You're either Likely with story. You're either with us or against us. <laughs> you're either with me or your food. Uh, locals called the police saying that. Um, oh well, a day later. So you know how did she get caught? That's the big question. Um, Alessia sliced up the victim's body again put her legs in the rubbish bin uh, close to her detached house, and buried the other remains in her garden. Locals called the police saying that they saw human legs in the rubbish bin. <laughs> okay, so, so she, she didn't even stuff them all the way in. She's like, kind of stuck a foot hanging sticking out. out with like a, hot, a pump on it. Um, local, uh, Sorry, I already read that part. In Alessia's house, we found marks on... Uh, so the cops came around, and they see the... It's just this trash can. It's not like her trash can. It's, it's like just a, a, it's community a community trash, trash can, can with, a, with a leg, a femur sticking so out So the cops it. come, and they're like, "What? there's a fucking leg in the trash. So they got to go to every house, right? He's, then the cops say they had to go to 50 houses, like, knocking on the door and being like, uh, did you chop some lady up and put her legs in the trash can? Because that's I, I not totally cool. picture Borat's village here, <laughs> you know, with, like, oxen roaming the street. Yeah, but, col but colder, colder. And he's really... Further big north. women like was there a picture i picture these women to be just huge like probably like a couple hundred pounds just big burly russian women i haven't seen a picture yet but there's a possibility that we could find one before we post this um so they finally get to olesia's house number 51 or something 51st house they got to and they found marks on the floor that looked like blood soon we found parts of the body in her garden 
because um, drunks don't keep a clean house. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like she didn't cover her tracks very well. <laughs> there are also lots of cigarette butts and <laughs> empty bottles and shit. No, that doesn't say that. Um, 30 bottles of vodka. So what do you? how many years do you bet she's getting for this? Okay, so in she Russia. already lives in Siberia. Uh, you, you can know? do a range or a greater than or less than. Yeah. I'm going to say less than 20. Yeah, you'd be right. You want to say above? No, I'm going to... Okay, <laughs> less than 20 and above 15. Uh, she got 15. 15, 15 She years? faces up to 15 years in prison. I don't think um, she's been sentenced yet, but she has confessed, so that she's not going to really get out of it. Um it's actually the third cannibal case involving female victims in Russia in the last six months. You, know, uh, you remember the 16-year-old schoolgirl, Karina Barduchian? She was killed and cannibalized by a 20-year-old by, butcher. Yeah, the Satanist. I remember yeah. that. And his florist friend. And the florist, yeah. I remember that, too. And then there's those Satanists that uh, went out in the woods and killed the Olga Push- Pukhova, 15, so- and Anna Gurkova, 16. You know, I, I kind of want to say the fact that there were three other acts of cannibalism in a short amount of time in uh, in Russia here, I don't want that to detract from my score. Because the reason I want to score this a 4.75 is the fact that there was a seven-year-old present during the entire incident. Do you think he was forced to eat any of the flesh? I, mean, I don't think so. It says the seven-year-old boy witnessed both the murder and the cooking, but it doesn't say that he ate anything. <laughs> Dude, th- th- this is kids exact- never eat what you give them. This They're kid- always like, I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I want the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> eat this kidney and the like finger. No, but dude, this kid's either going to be that that chess serial killer member that was throwing people into the ditch after getting them wasted. Or what was that guy's yeah. name? A flick, I remember. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. Some crazy <laughs> Russian. <laughs> he had or the chess board that he was marking them marking, off. Marking, uh, marking down. Yeah. Or he's going to be like Mikhail Baryshnikov. Or Yakov Shmirnov. <laughs> you know, either one of those two. One of the Russian geniuses of our <laughs> I'm time. I'm just saying, dude, this kid had to witness the entire event. I don't care about her friend, you know, them partying, getting drunk on vodka and eating their other friend. It's a seven-year-old that I'm just thinking, you know, he's, he's got to be experiencing massive trauma. 4.75. You, know you know what, though? <laughs> he might have got to see some titty. And when you're seven year old, seven years old, titty's good. Because I skipped over this, but uh, police said the women cut... Sliced flesh from the victim's buttock, breast, and a cheek. Well, you didn't tell me you got to see titties. <laughs> and ass. And well, buttock. that's not that bad. I mean, I, I guess <laughs> I mean, it, it is just severed. Dis- disembodied tit, but <laughs> it is still dis- a but nipple. It's a tit nonetheless. <laughs> I'm going to give it 4.5. It's not that bad, actually. Yeah, me yeah. too. 4.5. Now that, you, now that I think about it, not, not too when bad. When you're seven years old, you can rub your little tiny seven-year-old dick thinking about a disembodied tit. Dude, I mean, when a Victoria's <laughs> Secret catalog came in the mail, it was just like... Hanukkah come early for me. Or you'd like watch the scrambled porn channel. Skinamax. Every every exactly. like every millisecond you'd see like a little but uh, I mean, glimpse hold, of bush. But to actually hold it, you know, whether it be disembodied or not, tit in your hand. Yeah, you don't have to hold the bloody side. Nah. You can hold the skin side. Nah, nah, it's 4.5 for sure. My story here uh, is came courtesy of Devin uh, from Boston. He says, "Are you going to do his voice?" <laughs> you know, I don't even want to. I don't even want to deign to do a Boston Boston accent here. It just embarrass me and you. Uh, what's up, Dean Lance? 
the one's title, this one's title speaks for itself. It's perfect for the show, but notable, notably absent are the two classic sick and wrong article staples. No cop said, I've been on the force for 20 years and I've never seen anything like this. And no one said, this guy was a normal guy. Can't believe he'd do this. That must say something about Massachusetts. That must be why Wackily left. Keep up the good work, boys. I think it's almost time for a visit from everyone's favorite tenderloin twinks. You know, the angry one and the mattressy one. Devin, Boston. <laughs> the yeah. angry one won't come on anymore. You know, it's been a long time since we had my pissy brother on the show. I'm sure Mattress would be more than willing to come here, but I only like to let that guy in my house once a year, if that. Plus, he kind of cleaned up his act since he got married or yeah, su- no, he, pseudo-married, life-partnered up. No, they like traded commitment gay wands or whatever they do. <laughs> commitment and, cock rings. Commitment cock rings, and uh, yeah, and so I don't he know doesn't, he doesn't party as much anymore. He is more, you know, he's straightened himself up, probably too much for the show, and your brother's just too much of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother's just in uh, the, the most surly, surly gay man in San Francisco. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, Cryptic talk, despair, and then an afternoon of horror. This uh, article occurred in Boston, Massachusetts. And one of my favorite things about this story is the names of all the people involved. Kirby Revelis. Kennedys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kirby Revelis often seemed confused to neighbors and friends after he returned home several months ago from his second stint in prison. Yeah, Kirby's a good name. Neighbor Abdul Kamara said that on some mornings, Revelis would stroll down the street as people were headed to work, talking nonsensically and taking swigs from a mysterious bottle in a brown bag. It's not that mysterious. <laughs> I'd probably say it's Mad Dog 2020 or yeah. maybe Night Train. Yeah. I don't know. Not that mysterious. Sometimes he would talk cryptically about God's purpose for him. And other times he acted edgy and hostile. Isn't that great just living next door to a schizophrenic? That's like my entire neighborhood in Oakland. That's like everybody <laughs> I see on the street. Exactly. That's why and I, it, I don't it find is. it that it's weird. It's even better when they get some alcohol in them. I mean, but, I mean that really it, tunes them up. But if you live like right next door to one... I, guess I live right next door to a residential hotel. <laughs> yeah, so do I. You mean like in the apartment so next door? Yeah, I'm saying right next oh, door. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a special treat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he was friendly and sometimes he would just lose it. Ever since he came out of jail, he wasn't the same. Oh, he's an ex-con too? Yeah. (laughs) Revelis was only 23 years old. He had been depressed recently because his criminal record had prevented him from finding a job. Milton police said that Revelis stabbed two of his sisters to death and attacked a third in their family home late Saturday afternoon. The horrific nature of the crime is likely to haunt investigators for years to come. So after receiving a reported domestic disturbance at the uh, Revelos home, officers arrived at the house in less than a minute, which is kind of surprising. They were, they're rather responsive in uh, Boston. Well, I, don't, I think this is a hot spot neighborhood. Sounds like the <laughs> There's ghetto probably people. They're probably patrolling it all the time. They kicked in an upstairs door only to watch Revelos, armed with a serrated kitchen knife, grab his five-year-old sister, Bianca, and completely sever her head. Then he moved to the bench. Was he waiting? I guess uh, maybe he was trying to hold her as a hostage or something. Yeah, but it seems like he was just waiting in front of the door. Like, when that motherfucker comes in here, I'm going to slice her head off. Yeah, so to make the scene more dramatic. Well, yeah, like, surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> uh, you know, I was thinking about this. How quickly can you sever a five-year-old's head? I always thought you had to do some sawing. You know, there's, On uh, the neck there's bone. a spinal cord in there. Yeah, I don't know. 
Apparently, not, this not dude, very long. Actually, I guess. I guess the neck, uh, five-year-old's neck, is kind of small. Uh, then he moved to the bedroom and turned the knife on nine-year-old Serafina and began stabbing her. A third sister, seventeen-year-old Samantha, already had been stabbed to death in the same room. Uh, the police on the second floor and officers ordered Kirby Revelis to stop and get down. Apparently, he wasn't inclined to listen to their commands. Did he start doing the moonwalk? <laughs> get the down. mashed potato. <laughs> Uh, police shot Kirby Revelis dead. And one of the officers rushed uh, Serafina out of the house, bloody and crying for her mother, but alive. Uh, they attempted to resuscitate her. They attempted to resuscitate the 17-year-old sister, Samantha, but were unsuccessful. Yeah, what about the other one? Uh, the five-year-old? <laughs> Blowing her neck hole. The worst part about it is the, uh, they had just celebrated the day before the youngest girl's fifth birthday. That's it. So uh, what's her birthday present from her brother? Severed head. Well, the day after her birthday. Yeah, I guess the day <laughs> At after. least her last day alive was a happy one. Kids love birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wells, uh, the police officer here, Wells, said that later the same night, Kirby Revelous got into a fist fight with a neighbor. Uh, investigators are trying to determine what triggered the violent attack e- over here. Five officers have been placed on paid leave and have received counseling for stress and trauma. The officer who witnessed the attack uh, was a 10-year veteran of the, of the department. Another officer is a rookie who's been with the department only six months. Don't you think an incident like this would make you rethink your career in law enforcement? Uh, Just reevaluate it's... your career. Yeah, probably. I mean, you don't want to have to see that kind of stuff at I mean, work. Think about it. It's like, I know a lot of police officers, like you think, okay, you know, I can just wear my cop outfit, go around, give people speeding tickets, jaywalking, urinating in public. Beat up some teenagers every once in a while. Beat up a couple ne'er-do-wells, you know, on the Steal corner weed. smoking weed. Yeah, dump out their beer. It's like, uh, you never expect to see a five-year-old kid decapitated. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that would make me rethink my career. Uh, yeah, co- the, the cop that just shows up for work the next day, like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> that, guy <laughs> needs to be, that guy needs to be put on suspension. Another day, another... Uh, <laughs> Did you see that shit yesterday? Fuck. <laughs> shit was crazy, dude. I got some pictures on my cell phone. You want to see? <laughs> it's on my MySpace page. You can check it out. There. <laughs> I'm going to Facebook that shit. Uh, Kirby Revelis had been acting strangely, waxing philosophical about the meaning of life, telling weird stories, even stealing a pair of his neighbor's underwear, which precipitated the fight. That once again, that's what, what the fight was about. Yeah, he stole the neighbor's <laughs> underwear, <laughs> dude. I mean, that's my score the, just went up a full point. <laughs> that's fighting action, dude. Uh, conversations with Kirby grew increasingly irrational. Said neighbor Alpha Kamara. Once again, another great name in this. He said that Kirby seemed to grow detached. Kamara said the two had been uh, recently chatting about their former girlfriends. When Kirby suddenly stopped... I would love to hear that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) She had a big, big vagina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn, girl got such a big ass. (laughs) She never fucking took a shower, neither. Smelled like a fucking pig (laughs) star. They've been talking about their former girlfriends when Kirby suddenly stopped and started talking about religion. He starts, I gotta go. See you later. <laughs> I like talking about your girlfriend's vagina, but uh, not gonna listen to this shit. Yeah, I'll talk about your girlfriend's booty, but uh, when you start talking about Jesus's ass, I gotta go. He starts telling me about death and that same stuff and what the meaning of life is, how to live, do you believe in Jesus, all that shit, <laughs> making the sign of the cross, kissing the cross, and all that shit. 
And uh, I said, I got to go. Uh, apparently, Kamara's, uh, this neighbor was not involved in the fist fight that happened on Friday. But dude, think about this. If you had a friend that you knew was a little weird, but always talked about Jesus all the time, would he continue to be your friend? I don't think they're friends. They just live next to each other. No, this is his buddy. This is like his name is is this wasn't his neighbor. This wasn't the neighbor in the beginning. This was his friend. One of the friends. But he's got who the lived same the name as the guy from the beginning. Kamara. No, that guy was named uh, Abdul Kamar. I thought yeah, you said Kamara. Kamara. No, there's Alpha Kamara. Is this guy? <laughs> so they're different names. <laughs> yeah, they're different names. Oh, Alpha yeah. Kamara yeah, and Abdul then, uh, Kamara. Yeah, I wouldn't hang out with him. It I'd be me. like, yeah, well, okay, we've gone our separate ways. Have a nice life. Do you remember that insane individual that we knew in college, Nathan Angel? Yeah. The, the, the dude was totally normal, sophomore year, freshman year of college. Took a bunch of mushrooms. He was kind of annoying. Found Jesus. And then it was like the most annoying individual I think uh, that we knew. We used to have to hide from the guy. Eventually, I just told him to fuck off. <laughs> I always, you know what? That, speaking of hoaxes, since that's the theme of the show, I always thought that Jesus thing was a hoax. What, he was doing it to get ass? Um, you don't pretend to be, to be into Jesus to get ass. You know, here's the thing, though. Nathan Angel was a, I guess, an attractive man to the female species, and I don't think he kind of had this David Koresh quality about him, right? And he he got dates all the time, so I don't think he needed to do anything to get ass. I thought I think his whole uh, Jesus thing was just to be the weird guy, and just to uh, freak like, people like, yeah, out. I think maybe he had some weird, a little bit of interest in it, but I think he he way overplayed it because he also had other things like the Ayn Rand thing he went off on for a little while, his mathematics thing. He switched his major to math, and he was getting like C's, which Dude, in college would, is not good. I would not be surprised if that guy is leading some kind of Heaven's Gate cult right now. Right. Well, I actually do know what he's doing. What's he doing? Now? He teaches second grade. They, they, so, once so again, that's even worse. Kids, that's worse. People with your kids in public school, this is what you're dealing with. It's even worse. Uh, that, that kind of, quite frankly, that scares me. Yeah. But all I'm saying is if, like, your buddy that you, you know, that you hang out with on a regular basis, you smoke weed with, talk about your girlfriend's ass with, all of a sudden starts talking about Jesus, red flag people, stop hanging out with them. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong star scale, Wackerly, got a five-year-old's head clean off. I'm giving this five stars. Uh, stole some dude's underwear and got into a fight about it. I'm giving it five stars. I wonder if there's a streak. If they're clean or or worn. I just wonder was he planning on wearing them or like on his head? <laughs> I don't know. Giving them to Jesus. I, I'm not Maybe sure. He's gonna use them to rob a liquor store. <laughs> we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Uh, finally, here the third story came in from Mike. Mike says, "Holy crap! Hit and run driver." And a hammer mercy killing. This is great. Hammer mercy killing. I'm yep. intrigued. Dog dies a horrific death. Oh, dog. Okay. So, actually, before I start this story, I want to ask you a question here. Have you ever hit like a domesticated animal, like a dog or a cat, with your car? Hmm. No, can't say I have. I've hit a. I've been in a car that's hit a deer, a wild animal. Did Did you drive away? Was the car totaled? No, it was totaled. <laughs> Deers are deers are big. Did and this it was kill a full, the deer? Did it kill the deer? Like I mean, I, you I was actually pretty young, but this was a full size van, like a rape van, and it still destroyed. The <laughs> it van? was my dad driving it. I wasn't about to be raped or anything, <laughs> but yeah, the car was totaled. Damn, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, you the, know, it just caves in the front of the car. I remember if you hit one head on. Yeah, no, I, that's always been one of my biggest fears. Is I read that a deer can go through your windshield and kick you to death because they're freaking out. 
Yeah. That, it's, it's, that didn't happen. Impact. I mean, it didn't come through the windshield, but it just caved in the front, like, the you know, the grill. I recall the summer before my senior year of high school, me and my friend used to drive around and smoke a lot of weed because there's nothing else to do in the small town <laughs> where we grew up. Yeah. And uh, one time, we I think we were going to the comic book store. Well, and, there's uh, another thing to do. Yeah, no, no, but we smoke a lot of weed. We're going to go buy comic books. The comic book stores in, in like, you know, the small Midwestern towns are the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they suck. But then whatever, you get a dude. real comic book store that has, like, pornographic comics and, you know, like, underground comics. Uh, actually, and... I think there might have been a couple pornographic really? comics there. Yeah. Because the one where I grew up just was, like, full on, here's your Superman, here's your Spider-Man, what, what here's your that, X-Men. The, the, what was that one porn comic? Cherry something? You know the one I'm talking about? It's it sounds sort of familiar, yeah. I mean, well, that's the one in, that was in like penthouse right no? no i swear there's this one that was just know. called like cherry something it's about this blonde girl that would like suck everyone's dick but it was like always behind this one section that we weren't allowed to go to because the guy knew us uh-huh. he's the same fat comic book fuck that had been working there like our you know since we've been in elementary school <laughs> you mean he didn't believe you were over 18 yeah no he knew <laughs> you each weighed like 115 pounds dude the what? fake mustache didn't fool him <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my good sir. I'd like to peruse your pornographic erotica. Hello, my name is Mr. Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo, and I'm here to look at the adult magazines. Never worked. Never did. (laughs) So anyway, I remember we were walking up the street. We saw some asshole in like a Mustang just totally cream this dog, and it broke this dog's back. Uh I mean, this dog was screaming, you know, that dog in pain, high-piercing shriek. Uh Uh-huh. And we're standing there just completely, we just finished smoking a joint. We're just like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Uh, U-turn and go it, buy some no, fucking pop? <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, we just kind of stood there for a while, and we are waiting to see if someone else stopped, and someone else stopped, and we just like went to the comic book store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, like, what are we going to do, really? I mean, the, the animal's dead, or the animal's dying. It's like, what, are we going to stomp on its head? Mercy My friend going to go yeah. get his car and drive over it? Yeah, there's that. <laughs> it's easier just to walk away and go buy comic it books. Is. And that's the great thing about weed is you feel bad, but then you just forget. <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not that you uh, you know, you don't what's the word I'm looking for? Anyways. You you wouldn't ruminate on it because you you're, would, you're yeah, high. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, know, you have this short term memory. You don't loss. rationalize not doing anything. You just forget. <laughs> you forgot that it happened. Well, not to mention I was wearing this elaborate disguise that uh, you know, <laughs> I had put on to buy porn. Yeah. I want to mess it up with dog blood. So this happened in uh, North County, San- uh, North County, San Diego community. Uh, people are outraged about what happened to a dog after it was hit by a car. A witness described the horrific death of a dog that was hit by a car, beaten with a hammer, and finally shot multiple times till it died. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, this is like this above is like and the beyond. Terminator dog. <laughs> Lucy, a Weimaraner, which is. Uh, a side point here is my favorite dog. I love Weimaraners. See, I hear about that's a fucking. <laughs> That's like an East Coast fucking blue blood dog. Why do you like it? Uh, dude, I, I hear about just, them all the time, but what really are they? Are they still looking. like blue, skinny, silver? They're, they're kind like of silver, silver with blue, blue eyes. but they look like they're like the undead dog. It's just they just look really creepy. Yeah, dude, that's like a fucking uh, Martha's Vineyard type dog. Why do you no, like that dog? They're not. Yes, it's, it is. But George Bush has one of them. Uh, I wouldn't surprise me. 
People Dude. who are even more stuck up and like old money in Massachusetts, they are all like, oh, my Weimaraners. Dude, I think, I bet you Eichmann I breed Weimaraners and they, they attack the Jews who Dude, live next like a, door. They're a German breed. I bet you Eichmann had one. Right. Cruise around the concentration camp with his blue-blooded Weimaraner. <laughs> um, anyway, Lucy the Weimaraner is hit by a vehicle, probably driven by a Jew. Um, apparently, the driver that hit the dog did not stop. But several other people did, including a woman who volunteered to drive poor, suffering Lucy to the vet. Another motorist, though, thought Lucy should be put out of her misery then and there. He allegedly took a large hammer from his trunk and then struck Lucy with it multiple times in the face. <laughs> Before getting consensus from all the other onlookers. He just did I it. I think we should put her out of her misery, and I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the best part. Anna Herrera, it's a great quote here, says, He pretty much got all vigilante on everybody and decided this animal's fate and that he was the qualified individual to make that call. I don't know if in his eyes he thought it was doing the best thing for the dog, but no reasonable person decides to take an already injured animal and put it out of its misery by beating it in the face with a hammer. Nobody does that. <laughs> well, so- here's the thing. Nobody in California does that. <laughs> if, it's, if that happened in Michigan, I'd be like, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty. I could see that happening. Your baseball bat. Yeah. They'd but, be like, well, I got a hammer. I got a hammer. Are you, you got a hammer? I mean, I guess this is a bit of a thought experiment, but it's like, what, what would you do? Are you going to sit there and let it suffer in the street? Are you going to get your car, drive over it a couple times? I mean, even if you're the person who hit the dog, are you, are you going to take the injured animal, put it in your back seat, and drive it to a vet? Well, I definitely sake? wouldn't do it if some other lady at the scenes was saying, I'm going to put it in my car and take it to the vet. I'd be like, okay, the knock, dog your, knock yourself back out. back and it's screaming. I mean, I mean, what can you do at that point? What's the vet right, going to do? But she's going to do something. I'm saying oh, okay. I'd like help her put it in her car and say, well, good luck with that. Uh, you know. But if what if it was just you by yourself and everyone's just kind of standing there horrified? And okay, here's another situation. It's just me by myself and everybody's standing around horrified and paralyzed. And I know that my vet that I take my dog to dogs to is five blocks away. And he's I got prob- a huge hammer like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> they have a chemical hammer. It's called, you know, whatever drug they inject in these things to euthanize them. Then I yeah, okay. And I'd put you know, not into my brand new Mercedes leather seats, but if I had my truck, You're calling I'd, me blue blood, I'd throw it. In, I'd throw it in the back of the truck, sure. But if I'm out in the middle of nowhere or in some town that I don't even know where a vet is, I mean, I don't know. Call animal nine one one. Give me the number for animal. I don't control. think I, I put it this way. I wouldn't take it in my own hands and kill the thing. I don't think I'd do a mercy killing. Okay, here's my here's my question. Here's the situation I'll put to you. You are in the middle of nowhere. You hit a you hit a, a dog. Uh, there's nobody else around. The thing is completely suffering, but also obviously not just gonna like die, expire. There's no nine one one because you're not even like in an incorporated township. Do you just drive it away and leave it there to suffer? Uh, God, this is rough. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, dude. This is a conundrum. I, I, you know, depending on my state of mind at the time, I imagine I'd you're be stone panicking. sober. Stone sober. And if I if it was just me and and I couldn't get anyone on, I, I think I'd try to call animal control or nine. Right, but you're out, you're in you're in an unincorporated area of a state where there's no no co- there's not even reception. a county or maybe there's a cell phone reception, but there's no there's no like there isn't an animal control. Okay, what kind of car is I driving? Am I driving a Toyota Scion or am I driving like you know some big huge Jeep or you know SUV or something? 
Uh, an SUV. For, yeah, I don't, dude, I don't I'd probably back up and drive over the motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, why not, dude? It's the fastest way to do it. Back up, go back forward, and then just cruise. All right. Yeah, I agree. Put it out. It's it's the humane thing to do is to put it out of its misery. But I wouldn't do it with a hammer. That's what I'm saying. Well, this is why In you should always a carry a handgun. <laughs> no wonder you got one. So apparently this, this guy had smashed the animal in the face a couple times with a hammer. That, however, was not enough to kill the dog. Which was then euthanized, I love how they use that term, by a sheriff's deputy who shot Lucy several times after arriving at the scene. So I don't <laughs> Why know if I'd call that euthanized or capped. <laughs> I don't know. And so the dog was hit by a car, bludgeoned with a hammer, and shot several times. Maybe it was a bad name. I don't know. Lucy's owner, Lisa Francis, was shocked that her dog had suffered so brutally. Well, well you should okay, let uh, it get out of the house, yeah, you dumb yeah, bitch. Yeah, stop, 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 <laughs> stop right there. What the fuck is your expensive-ass purebred dog doing running across the street? Apparently, she said that her twins had actually left the door open. Fuck so that. So the dog got out. So, so you, <laughs> the twins. What if it was one of your twins? If your twins can let the dog out to get hit in the street, your twins can get out and hit in the, get hit in the street. Yeah, I don't think this woman is the, the most conscientious. Oh, she on her fucking, hair. like, what is that? And the little yellow pills or something? <laughs> yeah, She's watching her helpers. stories. Uh, Francis described the two-year-old dog as her protector, her best friend. This is like... All if the... that's her best friend, <laughs> I don't even want to meet her enemies. Yeah, this is like all those dildos with pit bulls. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I don't know. It, it dug under the fence and got out and chewed that kid's face off. It's not my fault. See, people, once again, this is why they created the leash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason they made a leash. Yeah. They this did. is why they made small fucking mutt dogs, too. <laughs> that don't fucking, you know. Yeah, because if a car drove over a mutt dog, it's not going to live. <laughs> it's going to be dead. Yeah, I don't Squashed. know. You're right. I don't know where but, I was going with that. I was uh, stuck on the pit bull thing. <laughs> <laughs> no charges have been filed. And uh, the name of the person um, uh, who had been driving the car has not been released. So I guess they did catch that guy. Well, he's in jail? Yeah, no, they, they caught the uh, hit and run driver. Somebody Cal- got a California is crazy about dogs. Yeah, dog, this whole state is dog crazy. It's it's pretty amazing. So, whacking on the sick and wrong star scale, this dog did die a horrific death. Right. But then once again, it's a dog and not a two year old human being. Yeah, and I and I blame the owner. I blame the owners so more than anybody. No, more than even the guy who hit the dog. I blame the owner's negligence. Yeah. It was the owner's fault in this respect. So therefore, I kind of feel like she deserved to lose her $2,000 purebred Weimaraner. Yeah. So I'm going to give this 3.75. Uh, well, but you, you failed to mention the hammer thing, right? Did you? Uh, yeah. I guess you <laughs> I'm going to give it a 4.25. I'm going to give it a 4. The dog did get hammered in the face and then not shot. Not to death. Hammered, to de- <laughs> hammered in the face, not to death. You know? Yeah. If, 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 if it, it was been... one hammer blow and the thing just ceased to be, that then, would yeah. be one thing. But... I don't think this guy was a kosher butcher. <laughs> I want to know what he said to everybody when he failed to kill the dog. Like, oh, I'm going to put it out of its misery. I'm from the country. We don't uh, let animals suffer. Just let me get my hammer here. And then he's just wailing on the thing. <laughs> and it's still moving. And everybody's like, uh, <laughs> what's going on, guy? <laughs> and he's like, just give me a second. <laughs> and then he just gives up at one point. He's like, ah, it's a little bit tougher than I thought. Uh, I'm just going to go put this hammer back. <laughs> my bloody and, hammer. <laughs> are the sheriffs here yet? I just love the fact that this dude pulled up and there's a bunch of like these, you know, California housewives, you know, yuppies obviously sitting there deciding, well, what are we going to do with the dog? Are we going to put it in the, take it to the vet? Are we going to yeah. euthanize it? And then this dude comes out and like, 
shut up, bitches. <laughs> I got a hammer. <laughs> and then he doesn't manage to kill it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's comedy part. gold. Actually, I'm giving it a 4.75. All right, that. I'm up and up to 4.25. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about these stories. People, go vote. You can decide who won episode 168 here of Sick and Wrong. Go vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're living... Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Sick and Ron. Thanks, dude. Right here. Yes, you're listening to Sick and this is Bob Madigan, and uh, I hope you're still going to listen later on, dude. Wackerly, we are nearing uh, the end of the show, and... um, as part for the course, we tend to get to calls the uh, Sick and Wrong Hotline. People can call the hotline at 206-666-3846. You can Skype us, and you can email us at sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. Uh, we got a number of calls. We've been getting a lot of calls that have kind of been building on other calls, so we're trying to like get through everybody's phone calls. People keep calling. Eventually, we'll give you the personal attention that you so crave. <laughs> You, you know, always say that, but it's kind of impossible because we get more calls in than we can play every week. So yeah, but it's funny though because like dude, we try to spread the love out around. of every twenty calls that we get. You know, thirteen of them just suck. They're well, like probably, you know probably more than that. <laughs> I mean, they're like uh, it's it's pretty much like you know thirteen of the calls are just faggots. <laughs> Suck my dick, Jew. You yeah. know, that's, that's, that's the majority. But then every now and then you'll get some gems. And it's yeah, like I keep true. the gems. I save those sapphires and those rubies so we can play them here on the show. Yeah. And so today, um, you know, we get to hear from some old friends. And uh, we also get a couple of uh, scintillating stories. So, yeah, let's get to call number one in the Sick and Wrong Hotline. Hey, Sick and Wrong. It's Trevor Paul. Paul. How you guys doing? It's been a long time. It has. I had to tell you I'm down 40 pounds. Uh, pretty soon I'll actually be able to fit into your t-shirts that you sell. <laughs> um, you know what's kind of funny about that? I sent Chucker Paul like a triple XL shirt. <laughs> or something like a double XL. I mean, you, dude, the thing was like like a tent. I could live in it. Well, but he's not saying the one you sent him was too small. <laughs> he, maybe he wants to buy a new one and like now we only sell what, like the largest is like double XL or something. I think he's referring to the one that I sent him. <laughs> I just don't think he was able to fit into it until now. So, you know, congratulations, Trucker Paul. I'm glad you're slimming down. Well, he could always... I'm sure the seat of his truck thanks him. I think he should, he could, he should take the shirt and just cut the you know, the logo out of it and make it a flag for his truck. <laughs> Hang up the antenna. <laughs> that would be rad. Yeah. My GPS is talking to me. Hang on, I gotta turn it down. All right. All right. Uh, he missed his turn. Do you think his, his, his body is- Do you think his GPS has a trucker voice? Well, we just heard it. It sounded pretty standard. Oh, and you, I always thought truckers would have like a GPS, like you know, named Cooter. It'd <laughs> be like, "Come on, good buddy, keep going straight. Yeah, ride that line. There's a flat so on your left if you want to pick her up." <laughs> I, I see a lot of them, unfortunately. Dead bodies. But there's one that's actually kind of funny. Uh, I was driving through Madison, Wisconsin, in a big snowstorm. Some car had driven off into the median. Hit the bridge and the car got like cut in half. Ooh. And I, I didn't see it. And I came up and uh, in the left lane was uh, was um, 
part of the body that the cops were covering up, and it was just the upper tor- torso from, like, mid-chest up. <laughs> and then as you drove by, still seat-belted in the car was the lower half of uh, the guy. Uh, it was actually kind of funny. I wish I would have took some pictures, but... <laughs> but anyways, that's my dead body story. I got more of them, but I want to start a podcast... If I ever figure out how to do it, I gotta save some stories for mine, you know. We could call into his podcast. I'm done with Deadwood. What a great fucking show. Alright, guys. Later. Lick my balls! <laughs> <laughs> I love how, I love how Trucker Paul still maintains that catchphrase. Does he use that catchphrase in his everyday life or just for the calls to the show? I imagine he uses it for some of the asshole cars that cut him off. Yeah, you're probably right. And then he drives, you know, cuts them off with his uh, (laughs) 16-wheeler. You know, I I forgot that we had mentioned uh, Deadwood several times on the show because it's been so long since I've seen it. But did we recommend that to... um, We probably have recommended it. We've uh, recommended it multiple. I talked about it recently, I think. Yeah, amazing series. People, if you haven't seen Deadwood, you're missing out. You should check it out. It's always good to hear from Trucker Paul. I've been wondering, you know, what he's been up to. I didn't know he was slimming down and uh, on a health kick here. <laughs> he has diabetes, remember? You've forgotten that also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I kind of overlooked that point. And he's got a new kid. I remember all of the facts of Trucker Paul's life. I don't know. You don't because you have other things to think about or something. You're just too good for him. <laughs> Not me, though. <laughs> it's short-term memory loss, Wackerly. I forget everything about this show, like, within an hour after we're yeah, done. It's probably for um, the best. But, Trucker Paul, you know, as soon as you can fit into an extra large Sick and Wrong shirt, I'll send you one of our new ones, because I didn't make anything above extra large. So it's just like, if you're above, if you're like, if you wear a double XL or a triple XL, sorry, man. <laughs> you gotta lose some weight to wear that Sick and Wrong shirt. Like I said, make into a flag for your car. Yeah, that would work. Uh, so, uh, what, what was call number two? Another corpse story. Hey, sick and wrong. Um, this is Amy, first time caller. And this is really late, but I have my own corpse story. <clears throat> uh, my, gram- my grandma just died recently, and she died in Sorry my house, in the room next to me while I was at school. I am, well, really college, but whatever. Anyway... When I got home, my mom called me saying that she died, and I went into the room, and I gotta say, it's no awful. <laughs> anyway, great show. Keep it up. Bye. So, so wait a second. Um, you know what? I'm confused about this. So the girl's at school. Her grandmother dies while she's at school. The mother keeps the corpse in the house to show her when she comes back from school? It sounds kind of like that, doesn't it? <laughs> why, why wouldn't the mother call like the funeral home and be like, listen, my daughter's at school, you know, and I don't want her to come back and be traumatized for the rest of her life by seeing her dead, rotting grandmother in the room. Uh, could you come take the corpse away? But instead, <laughs> she's like, you know what? Say goodbye to your grandma. She's still sitting in her favorite chair knitting those socks for you. It's like, poor Nana. Uh, well, maybe the funeral home just didn't get there yet. I mean, You know, I, I don't know. It's like, the thing is, it's tragic that your grandmother died. That sucks. But, you know, gr- oh, gr- grandmas and, and grandpas and nanas and are old. So they're going to die. 
And the fact that they live in your house, you're probably going to find them dead in your house. You know, it's it's not that uncommon of an occurrence. Have you ever lived with a grandparent for any extended period of time? God no. Have yeah. you? Oh, a great grandparent. And your did you find the did you find them dead? No, no. We it was an extended period of time, but at some point, uh, you know, she went back to live by herself or something. Uh, but it sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you think your parents are strict and have weird ideas and like. You know, when you're a teenager that, you know, you want to watch certain programs, you want to do certain things and your parents just don't understand it. Your great grandparent really doesn't understand it. I remember her being up in arms that I was reading Cracked magazine and she thought it was basically a porno because, you know, there was like some cartoon character that had big jugs, not exposed, but just big jugs. Were you like, I don't care what you think, great grand Nana. (laughs) You know, it's like, seriously, your point is... Your opinion is the most irrelevant opinion in the house. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think your farts are fucking horrible. <laughs> how about so, that? So, Wackerly, how did she smell while she was living? What I just said. I think your farts are horrible. <laughs> you know, uh, there's something about old ladies, you know, especially like really old, like 80. Um, something's just not going on that's right in their digestive tract. and it Probably uh, just isn't working anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I was lucky, I guess. So, so when this caller says that it smelled horrible, I mean, did it smell that great when she was alive? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It, it probably didn't smell any worse than when she was living. You know, I, I was fortunate in the fact that uh, my last you know, remaining grandfather or grandparent died in like 1987. He got hit by a bus. And uh, we, didn't have really? to, you know, we didn't have to live with him. Yeah, it was in Chicago. He got nailed by this bus. We didn't have to live with him. But what was really strange is... At the funeral, Jews, you know, they, they aren't actually embalmed. So you have to have the funeral like four days after, you know, they die because you don't want the, the, the body to start smelling and rotting. And my mother actually made us, Jews never have an open casket. But my mother actually made us like look at the corpse to say goodbye. And Before it's like, it got in the casket or she opened the casket up? Or? Opened the casket up and made us look at the corpse. And like, there's my disfigured, you know, mangled grandfather lying in there. And I was so just, nothing's been done to him. He's just no makeup. His face is in some rigor mortis. attempted to shove what was left of him into a suit. But I mean, uh-huh. I just remember looking at that. What about he, dentures? That, dude, his whole face was smashed in. It was oh, just right, like, there, right, you know, yeah. his nose was hanging on like the top of his head. His jaw was down where his neck should be. I was, I was looking at it thinking, that's grandpa? <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> he looks like Swiss cheese or something, you know? It's, I don't know why you would make us look at this. But, I don't yeah. know if I've told this story, but, and I probably shouldn't. Because it was actually really traumatic. But when I was in high school, uh, I had a good friend who, who got killed in a drunk driving accident. And uh, they did completely opposite of what you're saying about the juice. Oh, they tried to stitch him back together again, like Humpty Dumpty? Uh, not stitch. I mean, like, reconstruct his whole head. Super glue. No, like, reconstruct his whole head, and then also have an open casket funeral. What's the point of that? I never will understand you, Goyam. It did not look like this this kid at all, who was, like, one of my really good friends. No, he probably looked like E.T., uh, yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty good description. That's a pretty good description. Oh, E.T. Kind of like E.T. Like, because I don't think embalmers, they're not, they don't go to art school for like fine art sculpture. <laughs> they don't have like a great idea of like, well, this is kind of what a head looks like. They just know how to pump a body full of chemicals and put some makeup on it. And when you say like, 
well, I know half of this head is missing, but can you kind of remake it? They're, they're kind of like, uh, I guess so. Well, the eye goes over here and the nose and the mouth. Yeah, but look at what you're giving this poor guy to work with. I mean, it's not like the guy died in his sleep or in the bathtub or something. Dude was hit, you know, mangled in a you know, horrific car accident. Right. It's like, I mean, you got to like put the pieces I, my, back together. My point you know? is I wouldn't have asked him to do it at all. I would have said cremation or closed casket or whatever. Closed casket. That was pro- it's probably the freakiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I imagine that must have been kind of horrible. Do you want me to hold you? Is that, is that what you're implying here, Wackley? My balls? <laughs> it was a long time ago. I well, do feel bad, though. Like, I, you know, if his mom was listening to this, I would fucking probably shoot myself in the head. Yeah, she's probably going to have nasty flashbacks. And then I would have an open casket. <laughs> Poor, um, well, Amy, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your, the passing of your grandmother and, you know, just, you know, she's probably in heaven right now, knitting all day and watching Matlock. So I, I think that's good. Old person heaven. <laughs> Old person heaven. What's uh call number she's three talking here? to Matlock. <laughs> Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. He right? should be. <laughs> Hanging out with Matlock. That's even better. Hey, faggots. Uh, I just had a sick and wrong story. I wanted to relate, and I'll try to keep it under two or three minutes here. Uh, but, yeah, so basically there's these little Mexican fuckers that kind of, like, go through our trash in the middle of the night uh, in the alley. Our bedroom is right by the alley, right above it. Yeah, I have those same fuckers. They come over to my place after they visit this guy's house. Dude, I thought Mexicans work, like, in fields picking grapes. Uh, working no, you, at the taco truck. Don't, I don't, understand don't feign this. ignorance. You've seen the ones with the big trucks with the fake sides that they fill up with cardboard and, and oh, or okay. bottles. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've we're talking that. about. The, the Mexican trucks with the yeah, the cardboard and the bottles. And they have no sense of like appropriate time to do this. And when you're when you're digging bottles and recyclables out of the you know the dumpster at three AM, it's the fucking noisiest thing ever. It's very loud. Especially if you're in an alley because it's like the sound is reverberating off the buildings across the street or next door and they come right in your window. The worst is in the summer when you have your fucking windows open. Yeah, I mean, it's in now. Seriously. I actually keep eggs in my fridge even though I never cook eggs at home for this <laughs> very purpose. Just to throw at them. Yeah. <laughs> very insensitive. And uh, we can hear them down there sometimes in the middle of the night clinking around and making noise and shit, picking out these bottles and cans to take to recycle because in California, we've got these gay-ass recycle laws where you can you know, take or take bottles. <laughs> Great adjective. Fucking recyclers. Sons of bitches. Uh, that's what these little fuckers do to earn money, I guess. Which is fine. I don't care if they do that, but they make so much fucking noise that wakes me up in the middle of the night a lot of times. So anyway, the other night, me and my girlfriend were both waking, woken up to these fuckers slamming two of the dumpsters together hard. We thought Why they were gunshots because it was so fucking loud woke up we were about ready to call the cops i don't know why they had to slam these dumpsters together but they did so anyway i was pissed um so i decided last night that i was going to get some revenge on these fuckers so kind of taking a page from uh trucker paul i remember him something about him uh shitting into some walmart bags I'm trying to see where this is going. Something about it? That's a signature move. <laughs> that is yeah, but, Trucker Paul. But Trucker Paul wasn't doing that to get some type of revenge on like some you know motorist he was upset with. He was doing that you know for utilitarian sake. He had to take a shit, and he was in his truck. Let me put it this way. 
If Trucker Paul was walking down on Venice Beach and one of those caricaturists were like, let me draw your picture, let me draw your picture. What do you like to do? What are your interests? <laughs> it would turn out to be Trucker Paul with a gigantic head <laughs> with exaggerated fe- features in his little body. He would be shitting into a Walmart bag. <laughs> that would be his caricature. And then there would be like a little bubble coming out saying, lick my balls. Exactly. Got myself a Safeway bag and went into the bathroom. My girlfriend's in the shower, so I don't want her to know I'm doing this. So I get the Safeway bag. I get in the bathroom and I fucking shit in the Safeway bag and fill it up with a pretty good amount of my shit. So his girlfriend's in the shower and he's just shitting in a plastic bag while she's in the shower. Well, it's unclear. I mean, maybe they have a swank apartment that has two, two bathrooms, bathrooms, but okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Usually it's from the South Bay. And, he, and his window's on the alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm thinking they probably have one bathroom. She's in the shower. Dude, this, what this, are you doing out there? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just nothing, you know. Uh, I learned this from sick and wrong. I'm not taking and... a shit because I'm not on the toilet. I'm over here. <laughs> but no, dude, you know, it brings up an interesting point. Who shits in front of their girlfriend? Not I. I, I piss in front of my girlfriend. That's fine, but... You Even cross that, a major really, line yeah. when you take a shit in the same room as your girlfriend. So there's the shower curtain that's in the way, which is uh, presumably matter. opaque. Yeah, I imagine it's an opaque You're worried about curtain. the scent. No, I'm just saying there's a line that you cross, a line of comfortability that I just do never, I never want to cross that with, a, with another person. All right, what about shitting and then your girlfriend walks in right after? Do you have a problem with that? Yeah, I, you know, I, I like the match. I like, you know, camouflage <laughs> the odor. smell the shit. I turn on the sink so she can't hear the uh, flatulence. You know, yeah. it's like you, you got to be slick about these things. I think when you, I think it's unhealthy when you become that comfortable. You're like, oh, you're going to be in the shower? Okay, I'm just going to go pound this shit out right here. Yeah, but I do want to find out what happens with the shit in the bag. So here we go. Yeah, here's a little pro tip for you guys. If you're going to shit in your bag or in a bag, make sure you take a piss first. Because you know how when you shit, you kind of like, That's hilarious because I would totally not think of that until it was happening. <laughs> then I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> and now we've got the pro tip. Thanks. A little bit. I cleaned it up. It's okay. So I shit into this bag. And then I went into my own recycle pile of stuff in my kitchen and took a couple cans and bottles and stuck it in this bag and kind of uh, through the bag just kind of wiped my shit all over these bottles. <laughs> and then I went down to the dumpster and then I just kind of scattered these shit-covered bottles and cans throughout the dumpster and kind of stirred it around with a stick. Um, to kind of, you know, <laughs> shit stick. Did you want to say something or are you just turning really red for no reason? <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck the bag in there and it smelled oh, it smelled awful. It was fucking horrible. So anyway, I really hope these fuckers got some shitty hands last night because they do this every night so I'm pretty sure that they were back again last night uh, so that was my little revenge story I know it's pretty fucked up but you know what I'm just sick of these assholes so keep it sick keep it wrong I've listened to your uh, podcast since like 06 since episode 1 and a uh, long time fan here alright talk to you guys later bye dude this guy's like Michael Douglas in Falling Down just can't take it anymore. <laughs> He's just like, can't take it anymore. What I find funny about it is uh, he enacts his revenge on people who, what, make like $5 a day? 
Yeah, I don't know how much they make, but uh, they seem to put a lot of effort into it. No, they, but they put a lot of effort into it because they can't work as you know an engineer or a software programmer in this country. <laughs> it's like the, the only thing this guy can do is either you know work the taco truck, or even if you can't do that because you make shitty tacos, you gotta go pick up bottles. And this guy's making them pick up shit cover bottles. I find it funny because you know living in an apartment where this happens all the time. Also, they don't come every night. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no. somebody who has a legitimate job in the morning to actually get those bottles, you know, like to dump them into the recycling <laughs> truck. And if what if they don't come that night and then all that, you know, the actual garbage man comes and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Somebody's shit all over their fucking trash. Like, what I, the fuck did I do? I do kind of want to know the reaction of the Mexican bottle takers, though. It's just like. Hey, man, these smells shitty. <laughs> it's just like, you know, what, what are they thinking? They're probably like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> we better be more quiet around this building, too. This happens one more time. I'm going back to Mexico, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Phoenix University and learning, DeVry, you know, electronics repair. I'm going to go get Jorge's taco truck. I'm going to sell some tacos up in this bitch. This bottle collecting is bullshit. <laughs> Although, you know, you got to admire uh, this caller's ingenuity. I never would have thought of doing that. I would have hit it. I would have pelted them with eggs. Yeah, I had the egg idea, but the shitty bottle thing, that's more. Yeah. And like, you know, I wonder. Sabotage. Though, I wonder, A, if he told his girlfriend about it, and B, what her reaction was. Uh, a, he did not. <laughs> this, is not <laughs> this is not something your girlfriend would be. Anyone's girlfriend would be down with. Probably not. Well, people, call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 206-666-3846. We're still loving those corpse stories, so give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we got one email to get through here. Um, we got an email from Surly. He says, hey, guys, I enjoy the show. Here's my corpse story. Happened about six or seven years ago. I was working at city, at a, in a city center, center city, Philadelphia publishing company. The office building is right on a nice park, right across from some residential high-rises. Um, with inside of the office. One day, there's this crazy man throwing the contents of an apartment out of a 25th story window at one of these high-rise buildings. That's pretty dangerous. So he and his friends went outside, co-workers, and uh, just kind of checked it out, watched the scene. The cops showed up after a long delay, I might add, but he had barricaded the door into the condo, which we later found out belonged to his ex-girlfriend, so they couldn't get in. Uh. He then set the condo on fire. Not too smart, since he had barricaded himself in. He went out onto the balcony, tried to jump to another balcony after the smoke started pouring out, but he missed. I know this sounds cliche, but it felt like it took a long time for him to fall. You know how your mind tries to contextualize what it's seeing? Well, my mind, and I swear I'm not lying, went to the movie scenes of people falling that I could remember. Like, I had these images of Alan Rickman... Taking the plunge in Die Hard, that Asian dude that Christopher Walken and Grace Jones threw out of the blimp in one of the Bond movies. And all I thought as I watched this poor guy fall to his death was the legs flop around a lot more in movies than they do in real life. He just sort of stayed still as he was in free fall? Yeah, I imagine he's probably like a, like a nosedive kind of thing. You know, the street, <laughs> like a pin. Uh, his body is pretty messy because he hit a balcony on the way down. They always do. And then landed on the hardtop balcony thing. Awning. That covered the drive up to the entrance of the building. It took the fire people. Uh, the fire people had to go up there and cover the corpse. He was kind of bent looking. His limbs were twisty. And he was laying in a pool of his own blood. The wacky thing about the whole experience was how much we learned about our fellow co-workers in the aftermath. 
Uh, some folks went right back to work. Others did the whole, damn, did you see that? Regardless of the fact that you're standing next to them the entire fucking time. <laughs> One girl was talking about how they should bring in therapists so we wouldn't get PTSD. In parentheses here, uh. ha, ha, ha. Um, me and my friends just took it as an excuse to go to the bar and get fucked up. Which I probably would have done the same thing. <laughs> I do feel I'm very affected. I need, I need to go take the edge like, off. <laughs> I can't work. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm haunted by these images. I need a Jameson. Yeah, I know. Car bomb. <laughs> car bomb. He says again, great show, guys. Surly. Well, thank you, Surly. Uh, that sounds rather horrific. People, send us an email. Sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. We got to get out of here, so I'm going to make this quick. If you haven't already, sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. It's seriously, it's a party on the internet. It's such a good time. We got a, we got a lot of new people, a lot of new people coming on there. A lot of girls showing pictures of their tattoos. Yes, and their uh, private parts. Yeah, it's like uh, fifteen hundred members and counting. I, I noticed I put up a thread asking people to tell their best April Fool's Day jokes. So um, yeah, you know maybe we'll read a couple on the next show or people call in and there's uh, some good ones. I don't know how recently you checked it, but there's some good it's ones. It's been a while, but you know call in and uh, tell us some of your April Fool's Day jokes. We'll play them here on the show. Uh, you can find the forum right off our main page. Just go to cigarrongpodcast.com, click on forum. But the best thing about it is that it's totally anonymous, right? I think some people get nervous about going on a forum, but, you know, you too can be a hot tattoo chick, even if you're like a fat <laughs> basement-dwelling <laughs> troll. You can be anybody you want. Exactly. You know, you can be a bridge troll. You can go up there and you can post pictures. You can be assume any identity. Right, which I suspect a lot of the people on the forum are complete phonies. But I don't even I still want like to it. see their real pictures. Yeah, no, it's, it's still a good time. It doesn't detract from my enjoyment. Also, uh, people, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes and giving us all those comments. You're really boosting our ranking. Seriously, we're uh, one of the featured podcasts right now. And uh, yeah, we love all of you. We appreciate the support. Subscribe to the show on iTunes if you haven't already. And give us some more comments. Rank the show. Uh, you're really helping us out. And uh, also, um, support. feel free to support Sick and Wrong by buying a limited edition Sick and Wrong tea. Now, I've been uh, mailing out a lot of them. We only have like the a... The box is what? A quarter yeah, dude, It's full? like a quarter full. So uh, yeah, we're running out. I don't know if I'm going to make the same shirt. But uh, you can go to the Sick and Wrong store right off the main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, you can uh, go get your own t-shirt. You know what I wanted to do, Wackerly, is uh, put up... You know, um, some pictures of our fans wearing the sick and wrong tees. Like we could put like a little, like photo section. I know a lot of the cool podcasts do that. Yeah, but um, you know, I mean, we should. Some pay, of the cooler ones some, even uh, have uh, people service. with uh, you know the name of their podcast tattooed on people's bodies. I, you know, I don't want to meet anyone that has sick and <laughs> no, wrong tattoo on their body. Don't do that. We discourage that. To but be done. yeah, you know, if you bought a sick and wrong tee, send us a pic. We'll put you up on the site. We'll make like a, especially if you're a hot chick and don't wear any pants. We like that. Mm-hmm. Finally here for the sick and wrong song of the week. It was sent in by Shelly. She says, hey guys, love the show. Don't know if you know this, but today is the 25th anniversary of Marvin Gaye's death. He died April 1st, 1984. Didn't his dad shoot him? Yeah, he died by his own father. (laughs) Um, Apparently, uh, he he moved back in with his parents after he had become a success and used to beat the shit out of his dad. Oh, so it was a turnaround. Oh, yeah. One day his dad couldn't take it. His dad, you know, just got the shit knocked out of him and he just came in the room and Who just shot him sh- two, de- two times in the chest. Who beats the shit out of their dad? R&B singers. 
<laughs> dude, the Isley brothers' dads lived in fear. <laughs> Ike Turner's dad, Barry White's father. You'd never see him at one of his concerts. Well, never. You can't see many people with Barry White's in the room. It's like an eclipse. <laughs> she says, anyway. Uh, play Inner City Blues is the sick and wrong song of the week. Love ya, Shelly. So we're gonna end the show with uh, Inner City Blues by uh, Marvin Gaye. Also, I wanted to mention uh, we're gonna be hanging out with Fozzie and Kendra this this Friday. Kendra. Kendra. Fozzie. <laughs> you, you're gonna meet her, and I finally hope she slaps your face. She's you probably going to slap my Jew face. Uh, we're gonna be hanging out with Fozzie and Kendra. Uh, this Friday, so we'll be sure to take a lot of pics. They're coming to San Francisco. It should be a good time. I know we're going to go to my brother's bar and some other tenderloin haunts, so we'll put up some pictures. People will check it out on the forum. We'll be back next week with episode 169. Till then, take a seat.
Everybody thinks we're all But a mother Who are they to judge us? Mother, mother Simply call me sweet Where I hang on Mother, mother Ooh. 